Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. It's a role in South Africa. Compassion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate gold. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another awesome episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me... As always, it's Jake Green and we are back again with another hype train, this time around for the second World Cup that's coming up in Varese, Italy. Can't I say as always. As always. As always is my thing. No, well, I'm copying you for now. <laughs> on, just change, Just changing it up, but... We back in Varese, back in Italy. I know it's it's a bit of a fan favorite. I've raced there before. Very nice. I think definitely up there with one of the. We raced there twenty sixteen. Yeah, we went to the first World Cup yeah. in, in twenty sixteen. Um, I think Italy's got a lot of good places, and I think Varese is probably at number one on the list. Um, and I think uh, looking at the entries, massive, massive entries. I think across the board, a lot of young entries. I think there are a lot of under twenty three cr- crews comp- competing. And there's some big countries like Australia, China, Canada, and USA that are sending their uh, first crews into the season. So, going to be a very interesting weekend of racing, Lawrence. Very interesting. For sure. And, and I definitely think having, the, especially like Australia, Canada, uh, USA, uh, having these crews coming in now is going to, I think by the end of the weekend, we're going to have a very clear idea of what we can expect at World Champs and where those major qualification spots are going to go and then mm. where the races for those last few qualification spots are going to be. Yeah. I think it's the first time we're going to really see the full picture of what 2023's rowing season is going to look like. I think so. I mean, like, I always feel like these World Cups, you're kind of like fitting all the puzzle pieces together. This is going to be a big, uh, you know, this is going to be very telling, like you said, for, for the rest of the season. And we got to get into it, but like, immediately Australia, China, Canada, and USA, you can definitely feel their presence felt specifically on the women's side. The the sweep, we, one of the big talking points of the episode are going to be this, the women's sweep rowing at this weekend is going to be really exciting because the amount of depth and um, talking points and good good like uh, racing, I think that's going to come from those four countries specifically is going to be going to make this weekend very interesting. And I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. And often, Women's Sweep is um, are, the, are the events that are dominated by uh, the continental countries, you know, yeah. Canada, USA, Australia, New Zealand. So I always feel like, you know, European champs in that first World Cup are always a little bit shallow on their depth of those events because you're missing like so many big names. And now yeah. we finally get them and we get to see how, uh, what their training has been. And I'm super excited to see a lot of these crews um, look going through the entries, looking at who's racing in which event. Some really exciting crews on the water. Yeah, so there they seems to be in a lot of events like a, a strong pairing or triplet pairing of very strong crews that are going to be racing each other. So in the, the men's four, you're going to get there is immediately the Aussie four with Alex Seal back in it versus GB. I think in the skulls, you have Sferi Nielsen versus Ollie. Um, in the lightweight men's double, you've got the Swiss crew that are racing against the um, 
the Italian crew. So there's a lot of strong matchups in some of these. Yeah, I agree with the you. The depth is lacking a little bit, but the hundred yeah. percent. The the depth of each event might not be the most competitive fields that we've seen. Probably not quite as competitive as Europeans, but with these like crucial match matchups, you know, of of countries that are we expecting to do well and they're coming head to head with each other and, and big competition races. Yeah. Where if you beat this crew you know that that's going to put you in this kind of area of the of the field or you know going into that qualification or going into world cup 3 yeah 100% i think actually usually when we when we talk about the world cups um the the skull the single skulls and i feel like maybe not the world cups but the single skulls and the eights always seem to be um very strong events this time around the world cup i think the best racing of the weekend is going to come from everything in between um, I think the the singles on both sides have got huge entries, but they're lacking a little bit of um, of big names there. So on the men's side, um, we have uh, a big, a big obviously Oli Zeitler is a massive presence in the single skull, and then for me, Siri Nielsen is going to be the the next big big skuller. But with thirty, how many thirty six, thirty eight entries in the men's single skull? Mm. That's enormous. So I think from that point of view, it's going to be interesting just because there's a lot of depth. But they're only about two two big names. Chetel Borsch is in there, but he's he's coming back from injury, so I don't know how much form he's going to have at this World Cup. Um, and then I think on the on the women's side, talking about big matchups, Lawrence, we have Tara Rigney, our bronze medalist from twenty twenty two, facing up against Germany's Germany's wonder kid Alexandra Foster. Yeah, and they already had a huge race last year, Lucerne. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that there will be a really tight dice down the track. But we also have Cora Cola coming from the USA. Yes. Yeah, we got so we got some some returning names then. Um, I think uh, I've put down a list there between those two inform uh, rowers. We have, I think, keep an eye out for, like you said, Cora Cola. Fee Ugby Eriksson, who's a bronze medalist from London. Virginia Rivas from Spain, who's been finding some good form, maybe a little bit up and down. And then Dimchenko from Azerbaijan, uh, she's a former Ukraine athlete. So I think those are probably going to be the best of the rest. Um, but I I kind of want to get into the meat of the episode. And I said to Lawrence in the in the pre-chat, the women's pair, the women's four and the women's eight are very, there's a lot of continuity between all those events yeah. with doubling up. Yeah, we can't even talk about those events without separately. Yeah, yeah so without we, bringing each other in. So we kind of got to go into all those three events in one go because they all sort of feed in, into each other um, on either way. And again, like we said in the intro, the USA, um, China, um, Australia, and um, Canada have very strong presences in these events. So, so I was going to say, let's start on women's eight about like the entries, and then go backwards on like the doubling up, yeah. and then and then go in because I actually I love it. I love the fact that these crews are doubling up. I find it so interesting that the women seem to do it successfully again and again, and the guys really struggle to to do it. And I I wonder if there's like a physiological element. Uh, you know, there there must be a whole lot of factors that go go into that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just find that really, really interesting. So on the in the eight, uh we got obviously we're missing Romania. So that's, that's huge. So Romania, don't forget Romania won the Europeans by like seven seconds. Yeah. So and Romania are I feel like we're missing I I think this going through this this prep has shown has just reminded me how 
big Romania are at the moment at in world rowing because mm. a lot of events, so many events are missing big crews and actually it's only really Romania missing. And yeah, Romania and I think the Netherlands is another massive Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Massive crew. And then like a, there's a few other small teams but like big crews like yeah. the 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 um Sinkovic brothers not being in the double the French yeah, that's big actually. Yeah. That's that's massive. The men's double is definitely going to be missing those guys. Um, but interesting because France have got a, a big contingent from uh, a lot of events. But I think I wouldn't be. Um, <coughs> the French doubles seem to struggle a little bit of Europeans. So maybe they're giving this a mix to uh, a miss to focus on Lucerne and maybe the world champs because it's worked for them last year. I think the time they spent out the double and then coming together for world champs obviously worked quite well. So maybe that's a crew that has an opposite approach to the Sinkoviches, I think, race as much as they can. They maybe pick pick and choose when they're going to... I'm surprised the Sinkoviches are not there. here. Maybe they're just, you know, they're all getting old now, though, so maybe they're struggling yeah, a bit with the... Disrespect. Calling no, but more... Yeah, they, are, they are getting a little bit No, older. but more like injuries and things, like maybe just giving the body that little bit of time between races. Because, mm. I mean, if this was eight years ago, they would be racing every yeah. ra- every one. And don't forget they raced the first World Cup, which was their home World Cup. So they've they've done quite a lot. Mm. Europeans was a massive a massive race for them. So yeah, I think uh, it doesn't surprise me. I think the rest will do them well. Yeah. But back back on the the, the women's yes. sweep. So the women say only three entries, but there's more to those three entries than you think. Um, you have Canada, who are the highest finishers from Worlds last year with a bronze medal. They have that Olympic le- legacy. Only two remaining athletes are in the boat. You have GBR, who didn't compete at Worlds last year, but they did come second at European Champs, albeit to a big margin between Romania. And don't forget how resurgent GB sweep rowing is at the moment, especially on the women's side. And then on, then you have Austri- Australia, who's the only crew that's not doubling up. So maybe you've got to ask yourself the question, will that freshness and the lack of fatigue um, make the difference? And... Uh, it, I think they when I looked at the crew, there's quite a quite an experienced crew in that in the eight. So I think out of these three crews, it's going to be it's going to be really an interesting race. Um, so Aussie has to have to be the favourites then. I don't know. I, I feel like not doubling up is a big advantage. I think if you not not saying Canada aren't the favourites, even you know Olympic champions, I think Canada are the favourites for me. But I think it it will be a good race. That's what I think. Okay. Um, and then kind of using the women's eight as a as a starting off point, unpacking it a little bit. So the Canadian eight is made up of two fours who are both racing in the women's four event, which I think is going to be spicy this weekend because one of those one of those fours has got two of the members from the Tokyo Gold Eight. So I think that four is going to be super quick, um, and they're going to be racing up against GB, who also have two fours. One of the fours is from the eight. This is going to get confusing, so just pay attention here. One of the fours is from the eight. The other four is from World Champs last year that won gold, and they are only racing in the women's four. So that's obviously... So their top four is focusing on the four. focusing on the four. And their second four is doubling up in the eight. Correct. And their top four is the same... Three of the four, the same from uh, World Champs last year, World Champions, and the fourth member, Helen, Helen Glover, Glover, finally back, back finally get to see um, what kind of action she she's going to be laying down there. 
And also remember, when we really see the racing start, that's when we we'll see because there might be a few subtle changes to mm. the from the entries to the yes to the draw. So, you so know, things can change. Yeah, there might be when you're listening to this episode and you you're calling us out for our mistakes. There might be some subtle changes from some of the crews, but usually that's from like Romania and Italy. Yeah, usually. But yeah. I think what we see now. With this, with because I think all the rows are there already training and stuff. So I think these these entries will probably most likely be pretty safe. But staying on the fours, what's interesting is that the USA to have a four here. They might not be doubling up. The USA has got a um got a four on with super experienced rowers. Um, and interesting this time around, they're not choosing to double up with uh, their two pairs. Um, other things I I wanted to keep an eye out is uh, China. I think uh, they've they had a decent f- they've got a decent four in there. It looks like it's a mix between they have two fours, one young four, and then a top four. And then um, interesting to see Italy seem to have cannibalized their eight to make a four, and their eight got a bronze at European. So there there seems to be a lot of uh, interesting um, elements floating around in the women's four that I think are going to be make for good uh, good viewing. Um, and then base of the rest, I think keep an eye out for Denmark who who have a lot of continuity in their boats and and, and momentum. Um, so there's a, there's a lot to unpack actually at the moment in the women's four, which is going to be interesting for this. World so Cup. it's quite f- it's going to be quite confusing though because you got a lot of countries with two entries and a lot of them with one of those or two of those racing in the eight. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So no, but I'm very excited. I think that like this whole dynamic of doubling up in racing, double going into the four, the pair, and the eight are so awesome. I really, really love it. So I think we're in for a treat of yes. ra- of some racing in these events come the weekend. And then the last one to cap it off is the women's pair. A um, lot of big names uh, in this in this event, and I mean, just starting off a USA pair with uh, Megan uh, Musnicki and. Yeah, I mean, she's... Double Olympic champion. Double Olympic champion, five times world champion. I mean, she's a stellar athlete. So it'll be very interesting to see how they do in the in the pair. And uh, 100%. They've got two they're two American pairs, which I, that's why I said it's interesting. They're not doubling up in the eight. Then we have the big return of Annabelle McIntyre and Jessica Morrison, who are now back in the pair together. Jessica Morris, Morrison seems to have taken a year last year off from the Olympics. And she, if you guys can remember, Annabelle and Jessica raced together in the in the women's four at the Olympics winning gold. And they also doubled up in the pair and they just missed out that semifinal to that young Greek crew who absolutely had the race of their lives. So they're back in the pair. I think they're going to be the favorites for, for this weekend. But keep an eye out for both the GB pairs who are doubling in the eight. I think they're going to be um, pretty... Uh, Pretty good. I think they they women's sweep has been going exceptionally well at the moment. And then for me, dark horses of the events I found quite interesting are China, with one of their pairs having come from a, a junior a champion crew in 2019. So dark horses, we'll see how they go. And I think China, you know, China for me is like a classic lucky packet. Um, if no disrespect, but you you never know what you're going to get. I feel like they're better on the on the sweep side. I mean, on the sculling side than yeah. the sweep side. Like I don't feel like I've had, you know, whenever I had um, Chinese crews in the in the, my events, I wasn't ever too worried about them. Yeah. But they have had some a few ones, especially in the last few years. 
You know, they just have such. It's. I feel like they've got lots of depth, and they always have massive teams at these events. Yeah. So it will. Uh, they'll be a good ones to watch. I think going back to the Aussies. So Aussie in general look like they've gone back a little bit to some old combos that they know were working well. Yes. And um, I am interested to see though because they had quite a lot of changes, like Ian Wright leaving from Australia after Tokyo to back to Switzerland. How is that gonna? You know, now it's two years on. You're really gonna start to see the changes mm. to the team and where where that all fits together and how that's uh, how that's gonna go. So yeah, I'm very I'm very keen to to see the Aussies there. I think that's that's gonna be my crew to watch in this event. Yeah. So yeah, I think the Aussies are gonna be the favorites definitely for this event, and I think but behind them it's gonna be again it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. So that's the strongest. European pair we have there is Spain, who got a third place at Euros. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting field to see to see how it stacks up. And going forward to World Champs, I think these three these three events, there's going to be a lot of like flow between athletes between yeah, the, but in the countries the like classes. the the selection, I feel like is very yeah. much not done. No, not at all. Yeah, I think I'm just looking at like USA. Um, I'm looking at uh, the GB USA and GB seem to have some big selection going on because they're two pairs from GB, two pairs from USA. Interesting to see see what happens. What do you think of the like selection kind of philosophy of like pairing people up early on and then like keeping that pair for like the season, almost like you do well together or do badly together? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it it kind of depends what sort of how big your team is and then I th- also think it, it depends like if you're focusing on let's say the top the if if you come from a country I think that prioritizes bigger boats I think is it has to be a pair that has the chemistry mm. together so like you know Ollie Wynn Griffith and, and Tom George is a good example of this uh, same with I think Annabelle McIntyre and Jessica Morrison I think you have to have two athletes that have um, good chemistry and can kind of separate themselves quite a lot. Um, and then I think maybe the, I'd say, maybe the smaller the country gets, I'd say like maybe the earlier you would probably want to get the, the crew selected. Yeah. I just think like a lot of the big countries seem to do that. And I think maybe it's because they don't want, they don't have the like time or the resource to try everyone in mm-hmm. every combination. So like make your combination. But and yeah. And test that combination again and again and yeah. again. And but, kind of keep them together. But I, uh, when I think if you have countries like Canada, USA, China, um, GB that have such big presence in the bigger boats, I think you will see mm. a lot of different combinations racing in the smaller boats. Okay, so now I want to flip to the other end of the spectrum, men's quad. Jake, men's I know quad. this is a big race for you, so what do you I, have to say about this so event? So I singled this event out as probably the most stacked field of the events from a competitive point of view. You have... The world champions, the silver medalists, and the bronze medalists from 2022 world championships uh, all racing at this event, which are Poland, GB, and Italy. And then including on top of that, you have the Australians that seem to have taken a double. That was really fast last year at Lucerne, and they got a bronze at world champs. They've put that double into the quad and that uh, GB quad are, I mean, the Australian quad are Olympic medalists from Tokyo. So that's going to be probably the most stacked racing from, from the weekend from a from a uh, pedigree point of view. And then also put down there, 
Germany have some really good rowers and they're quite they seem to be struggling a little bit with form. They didn't have the best Euros, but they have you know, they have some good names there, including uh Tim Old Nasky uh in the in the quad. Mm. Yeah, and he's been Max, around for a long Max Apples in there, some young guns guns are in there, Marz Wolf. So those are really big names and really good athletes in their own right just seem to be struggling a little bit. So I wouldn't Jeez, be surprised. Nesky, we haven't heard about him for ages. Yeah, I feel like he was, he was, you know, he was such a big name and then Oli kind of came and shot him out the water Yeah, in the single and then he kind of disappeared for a bit. And then obviously Germany have got such strong um, a legacy in that quad. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's those, those crews are the, the ones to look out for. And then a massive shout out to South African-born Liam Smith, who's racing um, in the Canadian quad at, at this weekend. So yeah, very cool. Very cool to see Liam back back on the water. I think Liam, Liam, I'm trying to think of what he did. He raced in the single for South Africa in the Junior World Champs. Uh, and then I'm he raced in the under-23 men's four in 2019. No, but I'm trying to think if he got a medal in the single. Uh, he no, but he definitely he got an A-final. Yeah, but he's a serious scully. He's a Canadian single champion mm. from this year. So, no, very cool. We'll keep an eye out for him. Um, yeah. Coached by Tiago as well. Mm-hmm. A big shout-out to Tiago. Yeah. So, um, okay, then um, going next, I think there's like a uh, there's not a huge amount that we want to discuss because I feel like we need to see the heats, we need to see the semis, and then really that'll give us kind of knowledge to dive into the actual racing. Mm. But I think men's pair, super excited to see Giuseppe Vincino back in the pair. So yes. that's like a lucky draw. We'll see what we get. Yeah. Um, but if he can come in and throw a bit of a spanner in the works with the Swiss and the British, that'll be fantastic to watch in that event. Yeah, and then again, we were talking about those big matchups. I think Switzerland and GB in the pair again. Yeah. I mean, that race from Europeans was ridiculous in the men's pair. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good to see Switzerland and GB have another crack at it to see who's coming mm. comes out on top. And then men's double, oh, big names. It's Italy, probably the biggest one by far. But you know, there's we we're missing so many of the major ones that yeah. it's. I think it's still going to be good racing, but I think we we're missing a lot of names. But you're forgetting about the the big return of the Chinese Olympic double. Yeah. So they world champions from 2019. I don't know if you remember 2019. They absolutely smashed the field, but that was four years ago. And bronze medal at Tokyo. Bronze medal in Tokyo. Um, so I think that's a big return from this uh, double combination. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do against Italy because we know how fast Italy are and we know how fast China can be. Um, but we'll see what comes from them. And also Christopher Brun, the lightweight legend, is racing in the double. So I'll, I'm personally going to be keeping my eye to see to see how um, he gets along. And then into the race of the weekend for me, so you said your one was the quad. Mine is 100% men's four. Woo! Cannot wait to watch this event. Um, I think it's. I think it could be very boring. As you said, it's a matchup. So if it's close, no, it's going to be an incredible race. If it's if, if it's the, if you've got the think of like a boxing match. You don't need. If you got that the if you got a bit of like yes yeah that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying is and that think of the history between <coughs> Australia and, and GB in the men's four yeah and they should be bloody good I mean I think you got a full Aussie four back Alex Hill in the stroke Spencer Turin Alexander Purnell Jack Hargreaves like it's uh, we know how good this four is we also know how good the British have been in the last uh, few few races my question to you Lawrence is who's going to win 
GB. You still think GB is yeah, winning? I think GB is going to take this one. I I agree with I, you. I I think we we didn't really touch on it on the women's side, but the you know they've had a lot of coaching changes Australia, so I'm interested to see how they cope and how it turns out. Yeah, with the, I think yeah. So I'm, I think that. Aussie could be really, really good, but I think the British are that little bit better, and the British are so slick at the moment. Yo, I was just about to say, like, what makes me think they're going to win is because how when I watched them race at European Champs, they were rowing so well, um, and they got such a dominant uh, grip on this event. I don't think they're going to lose. But what's also interesting about this matchup is that I think GB and Australia come from two different uh uh, sides of the coin when it comes to like race profile and race plan mm. like GB are lower rating crew they have more of an even they have a very even profile from start to finish um, very long rowing Australia have a, a much higher rating crew they row uh, aggressive in the first half and try and hold on to that intensity into the second half and again, they'd come from two very different styles. You know, GB have got that very smooth rhythm off the back. Australia have got that, I'd say, unconventional but effective pause around the finish. Mm. No, for sure, they're gonna be they're gonna be perfect to watch. It's a perfect matchup. That's why it's my race of the weekend. I think it's gonna be fantastic. I cannot wait to see it come down the track. And yeah. I think that's it for us, Jake. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a wrap. That's I think hitting all the big ones, the ones you want to chat. Ones. Those are the, the our takeaways, the big ones to watch out for. And super keen. And guys, if you want some extra spice on the weekend, join our Patreon team because you get to get on our WhatsApp group where we discuss the racing as it's coming down the track. You get our percentages that we uh, calculate and do a spreadsheet for everyone on the Patreon group for the Regatta Madness, uh, looking at the results from the weekend, like a, a breakdown, an analysis breakdown. And then, yeah, we kind of, we just have a good time there. So we if you wanted to ho- join us and support us, go look it up there. Otherwise, enjoy the racing this weekend. Really um, let us know what we've missed out, what pieces you want to see, what races you guys are looking forward to. And we'll catch you on between Sunday and Tuesday for yeah. the Regatta Madness. Big one. And yeah, I'm really excited to see this this weekend's racing. Regatta Madness will unpack everything that happened. And that one always tends to be a little bit more comprehensive. But yeah, that's our takeaways for, for this weekend's racing, guys. 100%. Thanks, guys. We're out. Enjoy. Ciao.